Hello, and welcome to episode 138 of Outnumbered the Podcast. We have been hoping to do this episode for a long time, and finally we get to share all about Enneagram types, and we have brought on a very special guest, Ashley Schubert, to help us learn more all about this. So whether you know anything or not about Enneagram types, we know you're going to love this episode. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are so delighted to have a guest with us this week, and we know you guys are going to love this episode, too. We have asked Ashley Schubert to come on and chat with us about Enneagram types. Ashley's a wife and a mom of five kids. She's a super successful real estate agent and owns a brokerage in Edmond, Oklahoma. She's an author and speaker and host of another podcast, Business and Babies. So fellow podcaster here. Yay. (laughs) She loves encouraging other women through her messaging. She lives on a ranch in Oklahoma, totally jealous, and enjoys gardening, cooking, and being outdoors. You can find her popular popular book, Raising a Business and Babies, on Amazon. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you guys for having me. I've been a listener of the show for a couple years, and so it's nice to be on here and hear your voices for real. Yay, we're so glad you're here. Um, We very often start our guest episodes with a little bit of humor from our guests, just some sort of funny parenting moment to kind of see the lighter side of things. Do you have something to share with us? Let's see. Um, Yes, I think you guys will appreciate this. Um, When we, me and my husband, were just talking about it the other day, I've had five kids. They've all been very close. And so when we were pregnant with our third, I was asking my first and second, what do you want the baby to be? We're going to do the ultrasound tomorrow. What do you want it to be? And we asked my oldest daughter, and she said, "Uh, I really want it to be a girl. Okay. All right, one for the girl. So we asked my son, what do you want the baby to be? And, you know, there's only two options. It's either going to be a boy or a girl. And he looks at me straight in the eye and says, "Mm, I want him to be a lion. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that wasn't an option. But what's, really, what's really cool about that is we named him Benaiah, who is the lion chaser of the Bible. That is what he's known for. Not because my son said that, but it did play into it really well. Oh, that's <laughs> pretty so fun. Cute. <laughs> the things oh, kids fun. Oh, yeah, now the question yeah. is, is, is he going to grow up to be a lion tamer? <laughs> I think, I mean, I think in some sense of that word, yes. Maybe yeah. not with actual lions, but in some way, cool. I want him to chase the lion. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is an awesome wish for your son. Uh, all right. So, Ashley, we want to, before we get into this episode, we want you to recommend an Enneagram test that our listeners can take. Like they can pause right here and go take an Enneagram test so they can enjoy this episode to the fullest, knowing what their Enneagram type is. Yes, I would love for them to go to Enneagram Institute 
and that I want them to take the ready test. That's R H E T I. It's $12 to take it, but it is the most official best test out there. You can also search and take free versions of the test. If you don't want to pay for it, um, I would just encourage you don't take those like, uh, you know, take them with a grain of salt and really do your research further. Don't just believe this is my type. Got it. Okay, guys, we'll link that in the show notes. Pause right here and go take it. We'll be here when you get back. Yes. That's right. So as people can tell from the title um, and that little clip, we're going to be talking about Enneagram types today. But first, we want to hear a little bit about yourself and your family. Ashley, give us a little intro. Okay, so I have five children. Uh, Me and my husband have been married for 12 years. Our oldest child is eight and our youngest is one. We have one girl and four boys. So um, they provide me with a lot of laughs, stories and struggles. You know, it's it's always uh, every day is a little bit different. Um, (laughs) I have been a working mom since my daughter was born. I actually took my real estate exam when I was 40 weeks pregnant. I freaked out the instructor a little bit you know when I was in there walking in with my big belly they always um, think you're about ready to explode when you tell exactly. them 40 weeks right oh you're gonna your water's gonna break right here like, on my chair like a, like a movie set yeah, you know probably not yeah <laughs> yeah well, a fun side fact like all my kids have been late so besides oh, yeah. me, I had one a little bit early but my others like I am a notoriously 42 week Mm, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, My favorite thing to do was when people, you know, you get tired of people asking you when you're doing, you say, when do you do? Oh, um, two weeks ago. <laughs> kind of flip out and back yeah, away slowly. <laughs> Don't you love that to see their faces? Yeah. It just scares them to death. I'm like, I know this drill. Trust me. I know. I know how this works. Yep. Yep. So um, I've been a real estate agent for nine years now, um, working in Oklahoma, um, all around and and at this point, I've sold about 70 million in Oklahoma real estate. So pretty busy. Wow. Um, started a brokerage in 2019. So me and a business partner started a brokerage here in Edmond. It's called Flourish Real Estate Group. Uh, we currently have about 40 agents and we're still growing. Um, and then in my spare time, I like to <laughs> write books. I have three out currently, Raising a Business and Babies. And then I have a devotional called 30 Days to Shine and another standalone book called um, Overrated. Those are all on Amazon. And I'm currently writing a Bible study. Um, so cool. love writing. We live on a 40 acre ranch in, outside of Edmond. We have cows and I love gardening and cooking and doing all the things. So that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. Whew, that sounds amazing. And I love uh, listening to your podcast episodes as well and getting to know you better. Thank um, you. There was one especially that resonated with me. It was about, you know, how to do, how to get everything, how to fit everything in. And your basic in a nutshell was like, you can't. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, yes, you can't. That's the short answer. You yeah. can't do it. You got to figure out. I, I like to say life is not about balance because there's no such thing as balance. It's about finding a harmony that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding that that rhythm and finding what works best for your family and not being afraid to ask for help where you need it. Yeah, we have Mm -hmm. an episode all about that called The Myth of Balance. (laughs) Mm, I think I listened to that one. Yeah, yeah. All right. So before um, we dive in and talk more about Enneagrams, can you give us, just in case our listeners haven't had a chance to take that ready test, can you just give us a short reader's condensed version of the Enneagram types before we get started? 
Yes. So I want to tell you guys a little like what the Enneagram is. And I want to start off by saying this. The Enneagram is not absolute truth. The Bible is the only absolute truth out there. <laughs> the, the Enneagram is a system. It's a tool. It's a tool to help us know ourselves better and to love others better. So I like to start off by saying that um, the Enneagram was developed a long time ago. We don't even know how old it is, but it's old. Um, it's a system of personality typing that describes patterns and how people interpret the world and manage their emotions. It describes nine personality types and maps each of these types on a nine pointed diagram, which helps illustrate how they relate to one another. Okay, so there's nine types. I'm going to go over these nine types very briefly, and then we'll get into questions and diving deeper. So there's nine types. Um, the best way I think to say this is to say um, you are not your number. You identify as your number, basically. Um, you are a piece of each of these numbers. I like to say the only perfect person was Jesus, and he represented all nine types perfectly. <laughs> the rest of us, we just, uh, we, we resonate more with one, um, and we have pieces of all the others. So I'm going to start with the one. The one is a reformer. Ones are typically perfectionists. They have an inner critic sitting on their shoulder that really picks at everything they do. They, the inner critic really says, you didn't do this right. You should do this better. Ones aim for perfection. They are really great at tasks. Everything they do, it may take them a long time to do it, but it's going to be done well. So that is a one. That's a reformer. A type two is called a helper. A helper is someone just like it says. They love helping people. Their entire motivation is helping others. Twos are wonderful friends to have, as you might imagine. They are wonderful people to um, to be married to if you're married to a two. Um so, that, like I said, helping is their core motivation. Number three is an achiever. Achievers are also called performers. These types, this is what I am. I can speak on this more. Um, threes, our, our main desire is self-protecting ourself. We are very image conscious. We like to be seen as productive. Laziness is our absolute pet peeve. And so we are go, go, go getters, more like energizer buddies. So that's the achiever. Um, type fours, these are the individualists. You often see this type with artists, people who produce um, music, writers, um, actors, things like this, they really resonate with their own feelings and are very comfortable expressing themselves. Type fives are investigators. The investigators are those who are very analytically minded. They, they like to pick something out and then learn everything about it. They are the type that will research something to the maximum before they will make that purchase. They're the type of friends you want to have. If you need to buy something, you just call your friend who's a five and ask them what they bought because they've already <laughs> researched everything about it. <laughs> That's the investigator. Type six. This is called the loyalist. This is 
from what I understand, the most common number of all people in the world. Hmm. Um, but, but surprisingly, like I don't have a ton of friends who are sixes. So, um, they are called the loyalist loyalist, as you would imagine, are very true and loyal to the people they love. They are also those who look for worst case scenarios in any situation. Um, I often hear that the sixes will walk down the road and think, what could happen to me by walking down this road? Could a car run over me? Could somebody, you know, rob me? Could I do this? Could I do this? And they think out every scenario before it ever plays out. They know where the exits are when they enter any room. The sevens, they are the enthusiasts. Sevens are wonderful friends to have because they bring the fun. Sevens are the life of the party. I've got several seven friends and I call them my party in a bag friends. <laughs> uh, they're blowing the balloons up. They're planning the parties. They are, you know, they, they strive for fun and they will get past the hard things in life to get to the fun. They they like to skip over hard. They don't like to sit in hard for too long. They want to get to the fun things. Um, those are the sevens, the enthusiasts. Eights, these are the challengers. My husband is an eight. Uh, challengers, they are very good leaders. They um, are often authority figures, uh, often bosses. Um, and the challengers have a hard time with being told no. They are very, very black and white people. There's no grays with them. Uh, challengers fight for social injustice. They fight for right and wrong. And they can often be seen as a little cold, a little, little hard hearted, but they really have a soft exterior if you can get past that hard. The last type is called the peacemaker. The peacemakers are gentle, loving. They want to keep the peace in everything they do. They can often be seen as a little bit of a sloth mode because their favorite thing to do is veg out and do nothing. They are very good at having lazy days, very good at um, not having any confrontation and just enjoying life. So that's a little bit about each type. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for giving us that rundown. I think that if you guys in our audience are like me, you definitely heard yourself in there somewhere and you heard like maybe some of your kids in there somewhere. And we're going to talk about how learning your type and your kids type is going to benefit everybody in your family. Um, just as a just for the sake of kind of fun as we go through this episode, Bonnie and I'll share what we have tested as our types. Yay, so. <laughs> yeah. so I have um, taken several tests and always come up as a type one, the reformer. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, I come up as a three, an achiever with a heavy dose of seven, which is the enthusiast, oh, which is kind of a okay. conflict, and I do okay. feel conflicted sometimes. <laughs> we'll try to dive into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about you, Ashley? So I am a strong, strong three. Um, <laughs> it's it is pretty, and and I can talk to you about this. It is. Um, three like any type any type has good and bad you know you've got the blessing and the curse with each number I call it mm -hmm. and so uh, maybe I can tell you some things and you can tell me if you relate to it yeah <laughs> so um being a three um I'm very good at getting things done but I'm very very bad at sitting 
for very long. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I can identify with that for sure. I think it drives my husband crazy because my husband is most definitely a peacemaker and he just wants to sit around and relax. And I'm like, we can't just sit here and do nothing. <laughs> I, I will tell you, we were sitting by the pool yesterday. I sat down for about mm, three minutes and and then I got up and started watering my plants, cleaning the patio off. My husband's like, can you not just sit? And I'm like, no. He's like, that is a problem. I'm like, I know it is a problem. I recognize that. But I'd much rather go clean up this mess over here because I can't look at it. Right. Right. I have to fix it. So that's the problem with our number. Let me tell you. Right. Um, and the ones, did you relate when I was talking about the inner critic? Did you feel that? Oh, yeah. I wish I could get away from that guy. He is so annoying and constant. I've never never had him. Hmm. Have you had him, Audrey? I I have never lived without him. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And that makes me so sad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I hear that from my one friends. So it's very common. Now, from what I read about a one, it looks like there's a strong moral sense of things as well, right? Not not just like perfectionism in like um, in like Audrey's, you know, business or home life, but like morally as well. Yes, I think I think ones and eights are very, very strong morals, very strong sense of uh, right and wrong, no grays. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's very common of both types. And you'll see that in a lot of types, like, you know, ones, fives and eights kind of mirror each other. They just have different core factors and motivations. Uh, but all three of those are very much like deep thinkers, um, not really feelers, but deep thinkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say that's true. Yeah. What From what I understand about Enneagram types, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but it's also kind of like personality types where when you're the healthy version of your yeah. number, all the good blessing parts come out. And when you're the unhealthy version of your number, then like the unhealthy the, you know, kind of the negative curse parts start coming out. So, um, yeah. yeah. So like, for example, with a one, when I'm healthy, like that, that critic is there, but I can just tell him, you know, sit down and be quiet. It's my turn right now. But when I'm in the unhealthy version of myself, boy, that critic just can talk me out of so much stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the best way to say that is I I like to see it as a cylinder. We're all on our cylinder sliding up and down between healthy, unhealthy, kind of in the middle. And so, like you said, when you're in your healthy, you know, you're in the a great place and then when you slide to unhealth we call that the stress arrow and what your stress arrow does is save you and brings you back where you need to be okay that is an interesting way to put it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and we can go over that with you guys numbers too kind of what the stress arrows mean so like a one um you have a not you so basically your wings as a one are or you're either a two or a nine wing your wings are on either side of you think Mm -hmm. of it like a bird you have two wings uh you have access to both of those wings Mm -hmm. it's just that one if you didn't like you'd be flying in a circle and going nowhere (laughs) (laughs) but one is going to be stronger than the other so as a one i'm just going to read you these wings real quick as a nine wing you would tend to detach you can be easygoing objective calm moderate or impersonal and stubborn 
If you're a one with a two wing, you tend to express your feelings more. You can be helpful, empathetic, warm, sensitive to others, um, but you can also be controlling. Hmm. Yeah, so I would say I definitely have both those wings. Like I identify mm. with both the two and the nine. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's great. That's that, that. I think, and I think that's good. Like that's good that you 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 can you have access to both of those. That's that's healthy. You're so balanced, Audrey. Good job. Uh-huh. So balanced. <laughs> well, and what, what kind of sucks about the Enneagram is like you read stuff about yourself and you're like, well, that hurts. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I feel seen. Hello. Yeah. Who's following me around taking notes? Because well, they got it right. Yeah. When you read about your number, you're going to feel like that's exactly how you're going to feel. You're going to feel kind of cringy. Like yeah. somebody is watching me. <laughs> um, but it does make you feel very seen that you're not alone. Other people feel this way. Yes, yes totally. Yeah. Um, I'll read you the three, the wings of the three real quick. Okay. Okay. Three wings. So if you're a three, you're either a two or a four wing. If you're a three, two wing, you tend to be people oriented, helpful, socially adept, tuned into others and charming, but we can also be possessive, flattering, and manipulative. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Lovely. Uh-huh. And then as a three, if you have a four wing, you tend to have a very strong imagination. You can be creative, introspective, subdued, or arrogant and pretentious. Oh. <laughs> oh, good question. You know, I think I probably lean more towards the four wing, but I do see a really? little bit of two. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm a three wing too. Yeah. Huh. So we wing, we, and that's why people who have the same number can actually look very, very different. Right, right, because right. Because right. if your wings are different, you can to, you can look like a different person for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the wings are interesting. Such a fascinating study. I love that. It is. Yeah. And it goes so deep and you can go so much deeper um, with it. But just knowing the basics. Wow. It's just it's really life changing. Yeah. 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 And that's why we wanted to talk to you more about Enneagrams. Like we can learn these things all day, but we have a series of questions for you where we want you to help um, show our listeners how um, they can learn their Enneagram types and use it to help grow their families. So we're going to start with the first one. So why do you recommend for parents to learn their own Enneagram types? I think as parents, it helps us discover why we do the things we do. Um, it's funny to find somebody else with your number and compare, you know, all the ways you're the same. It's, it's just fascinating. Um, with like with any other personality test, it's a tool. I like to say, you know, eat the meat and throw away the bones. Um, <laughs> take the most important stuff from it. Um, for me and my husband as parents, it has helped us tremendously in our marriage to realize our types and then to be able to bond and to be able to like realize what our strengths and weaknesses are and be aware of those. It's helped us relate better to each other. It's helped us relate better to our employees as we're both business owners and to our children. So I just really recommend it because it just helps you know yourself better, know your partner better and know the people closest to you better. Oh, yeah. I I love that that you mentioned um, how it benefits your like your spouse and your marriage, because um, just understanding each other better helps every relationship. Yes. So how does knowing your own type benefit your child? You know, (sighs) 
I think it makes you realize how you can parent to the best of your ability. Um, it's easy for me as a three to work, work, work and do, do, do. It's very hard for me to rest. Um, I know by knowing my Enneagram test, my Enneagram type, it's helped me realize that. And it helped, it's helped me be more intentional with my parenting, like being like, it's okay to rest and sit down and play with my kids. It's okay. We have a swimming pool. And I was realizing that I was sitting outside with my kids every day, watching them swim while I was like working through my planner or mm -hmm. reading a book because I'm all about productivity guys. Like fun can wait. I'm about producing. And I made me realize like, you know, get out of your three head and go have fun with your kids. <laughs> and so since then I've been swimming every day with my kids and it's just made me realize like, you know, you, you got to look beyond yourself and what comes naturally to you and focus on what's going to be best for your kids and your future and your memories. So yeah, it's helped me be more intentional. That's so awesome, especially as a, a fellow three. I've, I've learned personally <laughs> that I have to schedule my fun, which yeah. to all the fun lovers is like, that's beside the point. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> you're, you're ruining it. But that's yeah. how I have to do it. I have to say on Fridays, we're going to go do this fun thing because otherwise we're just going to get things done all day. And my kids yeah, think yeah. I'm the worst, you know? So, okay. I love that. Um, on another note, how do you think that parents learning their children's types, Enneagram types could benefit the parents, you know, like I, get, I often get asked, when should you have your child take the test? I mm -hmm. don't know the exact answer to that. From what I what I'm hearing and can tell, I would say definitely wait till they're 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. I don't have any kids there yet. So none of mine have taken it. I'm picking out qualities in them on what I think they may turn <laughs> into. Um, but I don't you know, you guys have taken the test. Um, anyone younger than 13, I don't think is going to really understand the questions. I do have a friend whose daughter is 11 and she rephrased the questions to her as she asked them to help her better understand them. And she did get a result that she feels like is accurate for her daughter. Um, but I feel like in childhood, that's when you're being shaped and molded into what you're going to become. Right. And so I have a hard time like putting my children in a box when they're young because I feel like they are still becoming who they're going to be. God made them who they were going to be when they were born, but everything they go through is shaping out who they're going to become. I can look at my three self and realize why I became that way. And it all really stems back to like junior high, high school, um, by my parents basically like telling me like, you receive love through doing well and performing well and like being the best. And so that turned me into the three, you know, that I am, which there's good and bad to that. So, you know, I think you have to know your child, each child's different and have them take the test when you feel like they're ready, but don't put them in a box. Oh, I love that you said it like that. I think you're totally right. I think that that is part of the joy of childhood is for kids to try on all these different hats and see which one fits the best. And that there's this nice balance of nature and nurture turning them into the ultimate adult that they're going to be. Um, and to just allow that process to happen organically, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, 
you know, I think we're here to help shape our children into God, who God created them to be. He already knows who they're going to be. Um, and we're just here to do our best to, to help them become that. Yeah, I like how you put it about not putting your kids in a box. We phrased it a little bit differently in our episode on way back when on picky eaters. And we talked about not labeling your kids as, you know, this kid, well, you know, they don't like they don't like peas. So, you know, just giving them a label, but, you know, just we suggested wait a little while and then introduce peas again, that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I really like how you have cautioned people not to put your kids in a certain Enneagram number, just let them grow and develop into who, who they could be. Yeah. But, but this, so this might be kind of an obvious question or might not even be answerable at this point, but how, so if you think your child is a certain Enneagram type or another, how can that benefit your child by you understanding more about Enneagram types? How does that help your child? If you, by understanding what you think their number would be? Yeah, yeah. I think it helps you relate better to them. You know, my daughter is definitely going to be a number that's a thinker. And so I have to relate to her differently than I would with my son, who might be a seven. Um, he's all about the fun. He's all about um, getting past the hard to get to fun. So I'm going to parent them a little different. I think a big mistake that a lot of parents can make, especially with multiple children, is saying, I'm going to parent them all the same. That's just not really doable. Um, each of our children is so, so different. And while I think our foundation should be the same with each child, as far as like teaching them, um, you know, morals and beliefs and strong values. I think we have to parent each child different. We've all got that one child who like, gosh, I mean, my five-year-old, I have to get in his face and look him in the eyes a lot. Um, he does not respond well to disciplines that my other children might respond very well to. So I think when you realize your children's number, especially as they get older into their teenage years, you can parent them and talk to them a little bit different because their minds work differently. Yeah, I think that's where it's going to get especially helpful is when your kids get into the teenage years and parents kind of have, especially like we have some episodes on teenagers because we just love to talk about it so much. But parents um, kind of sometimes have a hard time relating to their children when their children are growing and developing differently than they did. And so that's kind of where I really feel like this Enneagram is going to become an awesome tool in a parent's toolbox is just by knowing, well, this kid, you know, like these levers aren't working with this kid because that's not how how they're motivated. That's not who they're growing up to be. And so maybe learning a different lever, and even though it's foreign to you to try to use this way of interacting or this, you know, reward system of whatever that's more more compatible with their type yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that can Absolutely. be really helpful and I think it'll be great for you to just knowing each other's number because you work together a lot I think it'll help you understand each other's feelings and motivations better um, for some of your best friends like I've got a group of like five women that we you know, I consider them to be my best friends. I know their numbers and it just helps us understand each other better. Not that we're like crazy people that, you know, box each other in and are like, you can't do this because you're a one. No, it's <laughs> like I understand my seven friends because um, I know what they are and I know what their motivations are. And it just helps me love them better. 
Right, right. To just understand your loved ones on a bit of a deeper level, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I will say that just knowing your type, Audrey, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, things become a lot clearer. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. What, one question I wanted to ask was, um, so let's say one of our listeners has figured out their, you know, their main type and thought, oh, there's so many great things about this type, but also eek. Yes, those are definitely weaknesses. How do they? How do we best go about? handling those and and trying to work through those weaknesses once we've identified them? That's a great question. And, you know, like, I think your weaknesses are always going to be more of a fight for you, more of something you have to be very conscious of there. Your strengths are going to be a lot more um, natural for you. Your strengths are going to be things that you just naturally do really well and gravitate toward. Your weaknesses are probably always going to be weaknesses to you, but you can improve them. You can be intentional and conscious of them. You know, for me, I know my weaknesses. And while, you know, they're still not fun for me, I can be aware and try to get better and try to become a more balanced, healthy version of myself and live that way. Oh, I love that. What a great answer. Just even just awareness takes you so far, right? Yes. Yeah. And I can tell my husband, like as an eight, I'm like, you know, oh, your eight's coming out real strong and you're sliding down to the unhealthy zone. (laughs) And um, when he first took the test, I'm like, he told me what he was. And I was like, oh my goodness, you're an eight. That is my least favorite number. And I was going to say, I thought threes and eights probably wouldn't get along so well. (laughs) You would think they would butt heads a lot, right? Um, I was like, he's like, oh, thanks, babe. I'm your least favorite number. That's great. Obviously, I married you, so I love you. But it does explain a lot of things to me now. Um, When we were in premarital counseling back in the day, we're both firstborns. And I remember Mm. the pastor told us, I never see two firstborns get married. Like, that is very rare. Are you guys sure about this? And we're like, (laughs) yeah, we're engaged. So we are. Um, But yeah, threes and eights mirror each other a lot. Um, You know, and, and I'll just talk about that for a minute. Both being threes and eights were both very driven, very motivated, both very much working toward our like goals all the time. Knowing that about ourselves, uh, we have to be conscious about not discussing work as much at home and just enjoying life like with our kids, putting things in place to have fun. Like we intentionally, you know, bought a house with a swimming pool so it would force us to swim. We put a basketball goal up. We got our cows and we have buckets of food to make sure we feed them every day. Uh, We built a garden. Like these things are things that we've intentionally put in place to get us outside, you know, away from computers and screens and like pretty much force us to just enjoy life. And I will say no number is like gender, gender based. Like there's, there are female and male versions of each type. Um, but I will say like a female eight is going to behave differently than a male eight a lot of times. So female eights get a really bad rap a lot of time because they are like the blunt, honest people when they're an eight, you know, they're an eight, but gosh, they're super effective, especially when they're in a healthy version of themselves. yeah. Yeah. If you need something done, man, get an eight. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, you guys, we hope this episode has been as fascinating for you as it has been for us, because like, now I just want to go ask everybody I know to take a test yes. <laughs> so I can understand them better and interact with them better. And also, I, I have to admit that understanding myself, like taking the test and understanding myself and seeing that 
well, just honestly, that I'm not the only one out there with this massive inner critic that won't leave me alone was just kind of a relief. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So we're really, really glad that you came on and helped us to get started down this Enneagram path. I think we're going to be like devout converts now. <laughs> yes, it is so interesting. And I'll give you guys a quick little like podcast and a book to listen to. There's sure. a book called The Road Back to You. It's by N. Cron. It's on Amazon or Better World Books. I've been getting all my books there. It's like they were get books from landfills and they're super cheap to buy. So little plug, betterworldbooks.com. Uh, the Road Back to You is a great book. And then Typology is an Enneagram podcast that he does. Okay, cool. Yeah. And tell our listeners, Ashley, right before we wrap up, where they can find you on the internet so they can um, get more about you. Yep. I'm excited to get to connect with some of your listeners and become friends. They can find me on Facebook, just Ashley Schubert or on Instagram, Ashley Schubert um, underscore speaks or Ashley Schubert speaks.com. I post a lot about, like like I talked about today, my cows, my gardening, cooking, fun stuff. Um, I go for a walk every day. So, you know, I'm always like sharing the things I'm just doing and trying to like, like I told you guys, be intentional about enjoying life along with the productivity. Oh, I love it. You sound like an amazing person. We should meet in person sometime. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Ashley, thanks so much for being our guest. And uh, we can't wait to connect with you on the internet. I could talk to you guys for hours. Thanks for having me today. I enjoyed it so much. And I enjoyed being on the show. And God bless you guys. Thanks for having me. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Oh,